Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor and have designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief as they battle a bullying epidemic. We're going to continue our series and are going to be talking about behaviors that kids exhibit that when not dealt with correctly will weaken any classroom or school. When too many of these behaviors exist, Everyone can suffer from what I call the kryptonite syndrome. Today we're going to be talking about a problem that may not be caused by a kid's behavior. The schools are so focused on test scores that they've created what I call desk-bound kryptonite. Run, jump, pull up, push up, and throw a softball. The requirements for physical fitness is set forth by President John Kennedy in 1961. The President's Council on Physical Fitness was formed because America was getting soft. Well, guess what? It's getting softer. Do you know why? Because our kids don't get out and play enough, at at least not in school, Years ago, if we finished our work as a class, you know what we did? We got to go out for a game of softball, wiffle ball, or football. Now when kids are done with their work, you know what they can look forward to? More work! Or better yet, a brain break for about two minutes, which is equal to about a good stretch. Childhood obesity, diabetes... Let's try and put an end to them. You know how? Give kids more opportunity to run around on the playground. School Dodgeball Ban New Hampshire Districts Stop Human Target Sports, Citing Bullying. Students attending Wyndham Schools in New Hampshire won't be dodging balls during the gym class anymore. The school district voted to ban dodgeball and other human target sports in a recent 4-1 decision, according to multiple sources. We spend a lot of time making sure our kids are violence-free, Wyndham Superintendent Henry LeBronc told the Eagle Tribune. Here we have games where we use children as targets. That seems to be counter to what we're trying to accomplish with our, quote, anti-bullying campaign. As adults, we spend a great deal of time to ensure the safety of our children and, of course, take all the necessary steps to help them cope and deal with the bullying behavior in schools. 
But let's take a look at what's really happening here and why we have to help our children develop greater resiliency and learn how to compete and develop stronger pro-social skills through something that I call playground politics. As a young boy, on any given summer day, I'd leave my house early in the morning with a bat and a ball and a glove and play baseball sunup to sundown. No supervision, just a gang of guys playing ball together. We had a couple of bucks in our pocket for a soda and a hot dog. Took breaks, welcomed other kids who wanted to play, worked on our skills, set up our own rules, and in general we had a a really great time. Did we all get along? Of course not. Were there bullies amongst us? You bet. Did we experience at times some fear and intimidation because of bullies? We did. But everyone stayed and played. We solved our own problems, we learned how to get along, and discovered a healthy pecking order on the field. What we learned on that field were lessons that lasted a lifetime. We all know how to play the game of playground politics. I'm not a proponent of bullying, nor do I believe that bullying is some sort of rite of passage. I do believe that bullying is on the rise in part because of the inability of our kids today to develop greater emotional resiliency and solve interpersonal problems on their own. One of the goals of any anti-bullying program should be to strengthen the victim and provide them with pro-social skills. that are necessary to function in an adult world. The superintendent of the Wyndham School District in New Hampshire wants to be sure that kids are violence-free. I agree. But let's work on the displaced anger of parents who are at a loss themselves when it comes down to teaching their kids interpersonal skills and in that effort really take a stand by helping to eliminate the absolute dysfunction that plagues our schools. Competition is healthy, and kids need to learn how to compete in a healthy way. They learn from competition. Banning dodgeball is only the beginning. There are plenty of sports that could be viewed as exclusive and potentially violent. Football, hockey, lacrosse, even soccer can involve body contact. Sports do involve exclusion or at least they're supposed to, because someone has to win and someone has to lose. Let's take a look at what kids could learn by properly playing the game of playground politics and how it can benefit them as they move into adult life. Number one, life is not win-win. My daughter Grace was and still is involved with a traveling soccer team. Several years ago, at the conclusion of the season, she and all the other team members received a trophy at the end of the season party. Grace never missed a practice, went to all the games, and to boot, she was the MVP of the team. She received an additional trophy because of this accomplishment. On the way home in the car, Grace said to me, Dad, you know that about half of the team missed practices? 
They didn't go to some games and really never gave their best effort when they played. How do they deserve a trophy? Well, how do they deserve a trophy? I don't really know. I do know this, though. Everyone is not a winner. If that were the case, we wouldn't have two Super Bowl champs, two World Series champs, or we wouldn't even need political elections. The game of playground politics needs to reinforce the fact that there are those that are bigger, better, smarter, and stronger and recognize those kids for their skills that they have and not put them on the same level ground as everyone else because the ground is truly not level. As a young boy myself, I knew that I didn't have the same skills in baseball as some of my teammates. I still respected their skill. The good feelings came because I worked and practiced and put forth my best effort. Did the team always win? Uh, Of course not. We lost a lot. Watching the movie Moneyball really hit home with me. Billy Bean, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, put together a baseball team that in 2002 won 20 consecutive games. They went on to the playoffs and lost in the first round. His heart and soul was in constructing a team on a shoestring budget. And he did. But in the final analysis, he's still trying to win the last game of the season, which would make the Oakland Athletics World Series champs. Everybody doesn't win. There are winners and there are losers. Losers lose for a variety of reasons and they have to accept the loss as part of life. Number two, competition is good at any age. As adults, we compete all the time for promotions, academic recognition, and at times status. It's part of life. Kids need to know how to compete in the real world as soon as they enter the game of playground politics. Our society wants to eliminate games like dodgeball, tag, and even spelling bees because of the belief that it promotes exclusion and we don't want kids to feel bad. Well, by eliminating competition, kids will begin to feel good about themselves for no apparent reason. They'll develop an entitlement mentality and believe that the world revolves around them. They will not have a clear understanding of their own limitations and will begin to see competition as a threat to who they are as a person. Several years ago, a school district in northern New Jersey faced a dilemma. Six students had a grade point averages that were so close they couldn't decide who the valedictorian of the high school was going to be. Well, the simple use of a calculator could have helped determine who it was going to be, but because of the fear of parental complaints and lawsuits, you guessed it, all six students were named valedictorian. The parents and the students feared the competition and believed again that we all win. Number three, playground politics teaches respect for someone else's ability. Some kids can run faster, jump higher, and are just genetically better athletes and at times better students. Kids know on the playground that if the kid that was it in the game of tag was the fastest running kid in the school, that he wasn't going to be it for very long. His speed was respected. 
The last thing we want to see is the better hitter on the baseball team coming to bat with the bases loaded. Kids need to learn how to be respectful and at times admire those with greater ability than they have. Now, by admiring, I, I don't mean that they have to feel inferior to someone, but just to recognize it as something that is unique to him. Kids can become fearful and at times angry when they enter into competition with someone who has greater athletic or academic skills than they have. The schools then eliminate competition because they don't want to affect the self-esteem of the child. This does nothing more than to prepare him or her for a life of jealousy and envy as they grow older and only wishing that they were someone else. Playground politics teaches kids how to make friends. Kids want and need friends. But knowing how to pick friends is a troublesome job for some. Games like basketball, football, and other sports teach a kid a sense of team play. I'm not talking here about sports that kids play in an organized way as part of a traveling league or as part of a high school team. I'm talking about the games they play by themselves as a part of recess during the school day. Most kids today have not been taught how to organize themselves, pick teams, and get, get a game going. Putting together a pickup game helps kids make friends and friends with similar abilities who they can play and compete with on a reasonable level and offer encouragement to one another. I hate to say it, but once parents and coaches get involved in organizing kids, the sense of fun and friendship seems to be taken out of the sport, and the kids seem to suffer the frustration, anxiety, and the tension of the competition which is imposed upon them by the coach. That is not what competition is about. It's about camaraderie, encouragement, and love for the sport they're playing. The playground teaches balance. This is number four now. And academic consistency. In almost every state today, kids have to pass a standardized test that determines their placement for the next school year. Not to mention state funding that the districts get if all the kids do well. Schools have been trained that teachers have to teach to the test so that when the springtime comes and the test is administered, all the students will have the requisite academic skills in order to pass. All fall and winter, kids are, are tutored and, and just given direct instruction. And, oh, it's just drill and kill. Less and less time gets spent moving around and more and more time is spent in a seat. Recesses are shorter and students' behavior has gotten worse. The kids get out of balance and suffer from what I call a scarcity mentality. What this means is that time for movement is scarce, so the student has to figure out a way to steal it during class time. 
Gone are the days when if a student finished his or her work, they could go outside and play a game of kickball. Now, when the work gets done, what the student has to do is more work. Now, lastly, coaching is not just about sports. If we want our kids to develop pro-social skills, we have to coach them through the game of life one step at a time. We have to teach them how to be graceful losers, develop friendships, how to compete in a respectful and responsible manner, and how to solve interpersonal problems where enough space is in between two people for a productive conflict. This won't happen overnight. The bullying epidemic which society faces today is a direct result of exclusion. Too many things have been excluded from our school that helps teach kids how to get along and develop the necessary confidence and resiliency to face their fears and understand how to function as part of a class, a group, or a team. The problem is beyond the dodgeball story cited at the beginning of this article. The Wyndham School District was just reacting possibly to one parental complaint, which I've seen before. It could take one parental complaint to change an entire policy. Dodgeball only gave those who were bullies a chance to act out. My thoughts, discipline the bully and let the rest of the kids have fun. Playground politics, folks. Sorry about the little dead air in there for a minute. But I want to tell you, if we don't get kids outside, we don't get them playing, we don't get them doing things, we are going to suffer from what I called in the very beginning desk-bound kryptonite. We think we're helping our kids by giving them greater instruction, more instruction, in your seat, pencil in hand. They need to get out and play. And that's something that kids lack today. And because we haven't taught them how to do it, they don't even know how to play a game on their own. They're always having problems you know, trying to figure out what to do. How many times have I heard a kid say, I'm bored, I'm bored. They're bored because they, they only know how to play with an iPhone or some other device, which is not bad and that's the way of the future, but there's got to be a balance between technology, going outside, taking walks, playing sports, playing ball on your own, and doing things that will help balance you moving forward as an adult. My name is Jim Burns. You've been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. If you'd like more about Anti-Bullying 101, go to my YouTube video, my YouTube videos, at Anti-Bullying 101. Also, visit my website, www.bullyproofclassroom.com, You'll find some great resources, lesson plans, and a whole bunch of stuff that'll help you tackle the bullying epidemic. Also, take a look at the courses that are there. You might be surprised at some of the course names. Once again, my name is Jim Burns, and thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.